11. We began the first part, we began our service with the first part of the chapter, so I'm just going to pick it up from verse 5 of, of Luke 11. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three, three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. You've got to understand that in the community that Jesus was in, hospitality was a very high priority. You didn't turn people away. You couldn't turn people away. It was an expectation that if somebody turned up on your doorstep, you would entertain them. You would offer hospitality. And so there's that real expectation here. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives. For whoever seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though, are, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Lord, teach us how to pray. I wonder how many times you've prayed that or how many times you've uttered those words. Lord, teach me how to pray. Tuesday night we had a leaders meeting and it was a great evening just sharing, sharing our hearts for the future. A little bit and some of the things that are coming up in the future and what came out of that was a real desire to that to be calling the church to to prayer and this is our theme for this morning Lord teach us how to pray and so from the beginning of July we're initiating on a Tuesday evening a period of prayer every Tuesday evening there'll be the opportunity to come here to Bratton Baptist Church to pray to pray for the church to seek God and that's the real desire uh, that the leadership has, that at this time we should come to seek God. What has God got in store for us in this next season of the life of Bretton Baptist Church? What is God saying to us at this time? We know that, yes, Ian and Bex are on the move. We know that there'll be further changes over the coming months uh, within the life of the church. But what is God saying and so we believe that first and foremost is that, that need to gather together to pray before ever we start to make bold plans, but to be hearing what God is saying. Lord, teach us to pray. That was the question. And it's interesting that Jesus doesn't begin by, by giving them a, a big theological discourse on prayer, on the significance of prayer. Jesus doesn't just jumps in. He says, when you pray, say. He jumps straight in. He says, when you pray, say. So I want to just share one or two things from this passage, which I believe are appropriate for us at this time. 
When we come together to pray, we have to open our mouths. We have to open our mouths. Do you get it? When you pray, say. He doesn't come. He doesn't come and he say, when you pray, think. He doesn't say, when you pray, mumble. He doesn't say, when you pray, meditate in your heart. He says, say. Now that word speaks to me. It says about speaking. It speaks about being articulate. It speaks about declaring. It speaks about verbalizing what is on your heart there. And one of the phrases that has come through to me as I've meditated on this since Tuesday night and ready for this morning is that it's time for BBC to open its corporate mouth and to cry out to God and to come before God and to pray. It's time for us to open our corporate mouth together to pray to use our voices. God has given us a wonderful gift. He's given us the gift of speech. Now, as I look around this room, he's given it to every one of us. There's not one person here that that hasn't received that fantastic gift of speech. Some of you have it more abundantly than others. That's true to say. But we've all got that gift of speech. And when we come together to pray, Jesus says, say. He says, speak. Declare it. Verbalize it. We say, well, David, what do we have to say? What do we have to say? Well, I don't know about you, but if I enter into a conversation with somebody, I don't often think around, well, now what do I have to say? If I'm entering into a conversation with a family member or a close friend... The conversation just goes, doesn't it? It just happens. But the second thing I want to say is that we've got to open our mouths. The second thing I want to say is that we need to immerse ourselves in Father God. I think sometimes when we come to prayer, we have it the wrong way up. We come to prayer thinking that God is going to answer our needs. And we come focusing very much upon the needs. Oh, let's pray for the world. Oh, yeah, we've got to pray for the world. Oh, let's pray for the family. Let's pray for those who are sick. Let's pray for the needy. They're all valid areas to be praying for. But what does Jesus start with? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. He calls the disciples, first of all, to hallow the name of the Lord. And then to focus upon the will and the purpose of God. Now when we come to prayer, if we come first and foremost to hallow the name of the Lord, to focus our thoughts, to focus our praying on the name of the Lord, and his purpose and his will, as it is in heaven, as as it is on earth, as it is in heaven, then I believe other things will fall into place. What is it to hallow? It means to revere. It means to make holy. It means to honour. It means to declare. It means to lift up. It means to respect. And I believe also it means one, one other thing. It means to reflect. Reflect upon who God is. Now, I googled. I was trying to think, find out, sort of, actually in the Bible, how many names of God are there? Are there? 
I know somebody here might be able to tell me, but Google couldn't tell me. I'm probably Googling it wrong. So I, I'm, I'm not going to try and estimate how many names there are, but I, know, I do know this. There's probably one name for every day of the year, if we want to think about it. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Just think for a moment, if you began your prayers, just thinking and reflecting on that and lifting that up, how has God been your provider? How has God provided for you in the past? Rachel, in her story, just reflecting back, just seeing how God has provided for her. And what does it do? It gives you stimulus for the future, doesn't it, Rachel? That just as he has been in the past, so he will be in the future. The God who is faithful. God's faithfulness. How has God been faithful to you? And maybe if you start to begin to think about God's faithfulness, maybe his faithfulness in difficult situations and circumstances and how God's come alongside you, then it enables you to face the difficult circumstances of today. And perhaps as you begin to think, well, actually, God, what is your will? What is your purpose in this situation? Then from, from learning that and gaining from that, then you can move on. Give us this day our daily bread. Perhaps your, your prayers then become more focused. Forgive us our sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. Because it's as we hallow the name of God, as we seek his purpose, then suddenly we realise what our real needs are. What our real needs are. And actually we also realise where we need to confess. Father, as I've, hall- as, as I've focused on your name, I realise... Lord, that, that, that I've been rotten to that work colleague this week. I really didn't stand up for them as they were being criticised in the, in the office. Lord, forgive me and help me to show, show me ways this week in which I can encourage them. It brings a reality to it. Rather than just a glib, Lord, forgive my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. We need to bring a reality. So as we come to prayer, we need to immerse ourselves in Father God. But one other thing just simply stood out for me briefly on this passage, and it's in that story that, of the friend banging on the, on, the, on the door, trying to get the attention of the one inside. And uh, Jesus in verse says, Yet because of your shameless audacity... He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. When was the last time that you were shamelessly audacious in your praying? You just might sit there and think, well, David, what do you mean by that? Shameless, brazen, bold, blatant, unashamed, unabashed, forthright, upfront, direct, deliberate. Audacity, daring, bold, brave, risky, reckless, impertinent, foolhardy. Think of Peter in the boat saying to Jesus, Jesus, if it is you, let me come out and walk on the water. That's shameless audacity of trusting God, of risking everything for God. 
That's what Jesus is getting at in that illustration of the, of the man knocking on the door. Are you prepared to be that bold? Are you prepared to be that audacious? Are you prepared to be that daring? I think there's a sense in which in our praying so often we're too polite. We're too polite. We think of God as an English gentleman where we have to be mind our P's and Q's. But God wants us to come and cry out to him. Think of Abraham there as he looked at Sodom. If there are 50 people, Lord, will you rescue it? If there are 40 people, Lord, if there are 30 people, if there are 20 people, the audacity of standing against the judgment of God. One wonders what would have happened if he'd have continued. Going down, if there's just one person, Lord, that kind of audacity. And remember that God loves giving good gifts. God is not a resistant God, but he gives more freely than ever we can begin to imagine. We enter into a critical time, yes, where we're calling the church to prayer over the coming weeks, over the coming months, starting on a Tuesday evening. Yes, and it may happen also on a Thursday morning or a Saturday afternoon or, or whatever. There's nothing to stop each and every one of us gathering a small group around us to pray for the church. There's nothing to stop us within our connect groups of setting aside a certain amount of time and saying we're going to be praying for the church. We're going to be seeking God for the church. Don't expect us to actually be putting out 20 prayer pointers for this week to be praying about. Seeking God for the church. What is God saying? What is God wanting to do? What is God asking of me at this time in Bretton Baptist Church? Let's go on that journey and find out what he is saying and what he does want and desiring of us. But remember this, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And maybe it is a time to begin asking, what are your audacious prayers for Bratton Baptist Church? Not, a, not your crit- critical complaints, but your audacious prayers for Bretton Baptist Church for now and the future of the fellowship here. We're going to draw to a conclusion.